The Telltale Heart by Edgar Allan Poe. It is true. Yes, I have been ill, very ill. But why do you say that I have lost control of my mind? Why do you say that I am mad? Can you not see that I have full control of my mind? Is it not clear that I am not mad? Indeed, the illness only made my mind, my feelings, my senses stronger, more powerful. My sense of hearing especially became more powerful. I could hear sounds I had never heard before. I heard sounds from heaven and I heard sounds from hell. Listen, listen, and I will tell you how it happened. You will see. You will hear how healthy my mind is. It is impossible to say how the idea first entered my head. There was no reason for what I did. I did not hate the old man. I even loved him. He had never hurt me. I did not want his money. I think it was his eye. His eye was like the eye of a vulture, the eye of one of those terrible birds that watch and wait while an animal dies and then fall upon the dead body and pull it to pieces to eat it. When the old man looked at me with his vulture eye, a cold feeling went up and down my back. Even my blood became cold. And so, I finally decided I had to kill the old man and close that eye forever. So do you think I am mad? A madman cannot plan. But sh you, you should have seen me during all that week. I was af as friendly to the old man as I could be and warm and loving. Every night about twelve o'clock I slowly opened his door and when the door was opened wide enough I put my hand in and then my head. In my hand I held a light covered over with a cloth so that no light showed and I stood there quietly. Then carefully I lifted the cloth just a little so that a single, thin, small light fell across that eye. For seven nights I did this. Seven long nights. Every night at midnight. Always the eye was closed, so it was impossible for me to do the work. For it was not the old man I felt I had to kill. It was the eye, his evil eye. And every morning I went to his room and with a warm, friendly voice, I asked him how he had slept. He could not guess that every night, just at twelve, I looked in at him as he slept. The eighth night I was more than usually careful as I opened the door. The hands of a clock moved more quickly than did my hand. Never before had I felt so strongly my own power. 
I was now sure of success. The old man was lying there, not dreaming that I was at his door. Suddenly, he moved in his bed. You may think I became afraid, but no. The darkness in his room was thick and black. I knew he could not see the opening of the door. I, conti- I continued to push the door slowly, softly. I put my head in. I put in my hand with the covered light. Suddenly, the old man sat straight up in bed and cried, Who's there? I stood quite still. For a whole hour, I did not move. Nor did I hear him again lie down in his bed. He just sat there listening. Then I heard a sound, a low cry of fear which escaped from the old man. Now I knew that he was sitting up in his bed filled with fear. I knew that he knew that I was there. He did not see me there. He could not hear me there. He felt me there. Now he knew that death was standing there. Slowly, little by little, I lifted the cloth until a small, small light escaped from under it to fall upon, to fall upon that vulture eye. It was open, wide, wide open, and my anger increased as it looked straight at me. I could not see the old man's face, only that eye, the hard blue eye, and the blood in my body became like like eyes. Have I not told you that my hearing had become unusually strong? Now, I could hear a quick, low, soft sound, like the sound of a clock heard through a wall. It was the beating of the old man's heart. I tried to stand quietly, but the sound grew louder. The old man's fear must have been great indeed. And as the sound grew louder, my anger became greater and more painful. But it was more than anger. In the quiet night, in the dark silence of the bedroom, my anger became fear. For the head was beating so loudly that I was sure someone must hear. The time had come. I rushed into the room, crying, Die! Die! The old man gave a loud cry of fear as I fell upon him and held the bed covers tightly over his head. Still his heart was beating, but I smiled as I felt that success was near. For many minutes, that that heart continued to beat, but at last the beating stopped. The old man was dead. I took away the bed covers and held my ear over his heart. There was no sound. Yes, he was dead, dead as a stone. His eye would trouble me no more. So I am mad, you say. 
You should have seen how careful I was to put the body where no one could find it. First, I cut off the head, then the arms and the legs. I was careful not to let a single drop of blood fall on the floor. I pulled up three of the boards that formed the floor and put the pieces of the body there. Then I put the boards down again, carefully, so carefully, that no human eye could see that they had been moved. As I finished this work, I heard that someone was at the door. It was now four o'clock in the morning, but still dark. I had no fear, however. As I went down to open the door, three men were at the door, three officers of the police. One of the neighbors had heard the old man's cry and had called the police. These three had come to ask questions and to search the house. I asked the policeman to come in. The cry, I said, was my own, in a dream. The old man, I said, was away. He had gone to visit a friend in the country. I took him through the whole house, telling them to search it all, to search well. I led them finally into the old man's bedroom. As if playing a game with them, I asked them to sit down and talk for a while. My easy, quiet manner made the policemen believe my story. So they sat talking with me in a friendly way. But, although I answered them in the same way, I soon wished that they would go. My head hurt, and there was a strange sound in my ears. I talked more and faster. The sound became clearer, and still they sat and talked. Suddenly, I knew that the sound was not in my ears. It was not just inside my head. At that moment, I must have become quite white. I talked stiff, faster and louder. And the sound too became louder. It was quick, low, soft sound, like the sound of a clock heard through a wall. A sound I knew well. Louder it became and louder. Why did the men not go? Louder, louder. I stood up and walked quickly around the room. I pushed my chair across the floor to make more noise, to cover that terrible sound. I talked even louder, and still the men sat and talked and smiled. Was it possible that they could not hear? No, they heard. I was certain of it. They knew. Now, it was they who were playing a game with me. I was suffering more than I could bear from their smiles and from that sound. Louder, louder, louder. Suddenly, I could bear it no longer. I pointed at the boat and cried. Yes, yes, I killed him. Pull up the boat and you shall see. I killed him. But why does his head not stop beating? Why does it not stop? The Black Cat by Edgar Allan Poe Tomorrow I die 
Tomorrow I die. And today I want to tell the world what happened and thus perhaps free my soul from the horrible weight which lies upon it. But listen, listen, and you shall hear now I have been destroyed. When I was a child, I had a natural goodness of soul which led me to love animals, all kinds of animals, but especially those animals we call pets, animals which have learned to live with men and share their homes with them. There is something in the love of these animals which speaks directly to the heart of the man who has learned from experience how uncertain and changeable is the love of other men. I was quite young when I married. You will understand the joy I felt to find that my wife shared with me my love for animals. Quickly, she got for us several pets of the most likable kind. We had birds, some goldfish, a fine dog and a cat. The cat was a beautiful animal of an of unusually large size and entirely black. I named the cat Pluto and it was the pet I liked best. I alone fed it and it followed me all around the house. It was even with difficulty that I stopped it from following me through the streets. Our friendship lasted in this manner for several years, during which, however, my own character became greatly changed. I began to drink too much wine and other strong drinks. As the, as the day passed, I became less loving in my manner. I became quick to anger. I forgot how to smile and laugh. My wife, yes, and my pets too, all except the cat, were made to feel the change in my character. One night, I came home quite late from the inn, where I, no I now spent more and more time drinking. Walking with uncertain step, I made my way with effort into the house. As I entered, I saw, or I thought I saw, that Pluto, the cat, was trying to stay out of my way, to avoid me. This action, by an animal which I had thought still loved me, made me angry beyond reason. My soul seemed to fly from my body. I took a small knife out of my coat and I opened it. Then I took the poor animal by the neck and with the one quick movement, I cut out one of its fear-filled eyes. Slowly the cat got well. The hole where its eye had been was not a pretty thing to look at, it is true. But the cat no longer appeared to be to suffer any pain. As might be expected, however, it ran from me and in fear whenever I came near. Why should it not run? Yes, this did not fail to anger me. I felt growing inside myself a new feeling. Who has not, a hundred times, found himself doing wrong, doing some evil thing for no other reason than because he knows he should not? 
and know we humans at all time pushed, even driven in some unknown way to break the law just because we understand it to be the law? One day, in cold blood, I tied a strong rope around the cat's neck and taken it down into the cellar under the house. I hung it from one of the wood bins above my head. I hung it there until it was dead. I hung it there with my tears in my eyes. I hung it because I knew it had loved me. Because I felt it had given me no reason to hurt it. Because I knew that my doing so was a wrong so great. A sin so deadly that it would place my soul forever outside the reach of the love of God. That same night, as I lay sleeping, I heard through my open window the cries of our neighbors. I jumped from my bed and found that the entire house was filled with fire. It was only with great difficulty that my wife and I escaped. And when we were out of the house, all we could do was stand and watch it burn to the ground. I thought of the cat as I watched it burn. The cat whose dead body I had left hanging in the cellar. It seemed almost that the cat had in some mysterious way caused the house to burn so that it could make me pay for my evil act, so that it could take revenge upon me. Months went by and I could not drive the thought of the cat out of my mind. One night I sat in the inn drinking, as usual. In the corner I saw a dark object that I had not seen before. I went over to see what it could be. It was a cat. A cat almost exactly like Pluto. I touched it with my hand and petted it. Passing my hand softly along its back, the cat rose and pushed its back against my hand. Suddenly, I realized that I wanted the cat. I offered to buy it from the innkeeper, but he claimed he had never seen the animal before. As I left the inn, it followed me, and I allowed it to do so. It soon became a pet of both my wife and myself. The morning after I brought it home, however, I discovered that this cat, like Pluto, had only one eye. How was it possible that I had not noticed this the night before? This fact only made my wife love the cat more. But I, myself, found a feeling of dislike growing in me. My growing dislike of the animal only seemed to increase its love for me. It followed me, followed me everywhere, always. When I sat, it lay down under my chair. When I stood up, it got between my feet and nearly made me fall. Wherever I went, it was always there. At night, I dream of it. I began to hate that cat. One day, my wife called to me from the cellar of the old building where we were now forced to live. As I went down the stairs, the cat, following me as always, ran under my feet and nearly threw me down. In sudden anger, 
I took a knife and struck wildly at the cat. Quickly, my wife put out her hand and stopped my arm. This only increased my anger. And without thinking, I turned and put the knife's point deep into her heart. She fell to the floor and died without a sound. I spent a few moments looking for the cat, but it was gone. And I had other things to do, for I knew I must do something with the body and quickly. Suddenly, I noted a place in the wall of the cellar where the stone had been added to the wall to cover an old fireplace which has no longer wanted. The walls were not very strongly built and I found I could easily take down those stones. Behind them, there was as I knew there must be, a hole just big enough to hold the body. With much effort, I put the body in and carefully put the stones back in their place. I pleased to see that it was quite impossible for anyone to know that a single stone had been moved. Days passed. Still, there was no cat. A few people came and asked about my wife but I answered them easily. Then one day several officers of the police came. Certain that they could find nothing, I asked them in and went with them as they searched. Finally, they searched the cellar from end to end. I watched them quietly and, as I expected, they noticed nothing. But as they started up the stairs again, I felt myself driven by some unknown inner force to let them know, to make them know that I had won the battle. The walls of this building, I said, are very strongly built. It is a fine old house. And as I spoke... I struck with my stick that very place in the wall behind which was the body of my wife. Immediately, I felt a cold filling up and down my back as we heard coming out of the wall itself a horrible cry. For one short moment, the officers stood looking at each other. Then quickly, they began to pick up the stones and in a short time, they saw before them the body of my wife black with dry blood and smelling of decay. On the body's head, its one eye filled with fire, its wide open mouth the color of blood, sat the cat, crying out its revenge. <laughs>